The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. Joining me today on the panel are Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hi, Father Andrew. Hello, Dom. And Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Hello there. Uh, So we have a great set of uh, uh, stories to talk about this week, some very interesting news and uh, some interesting intersections between Catholicism and the Catholic faith and technology this week, but we'll get to that in a bit. I I do want to start with some technology news that's a a bit out of this world. It's it's not going to be something you can buy, but it's technology that affects all of us. Uh, There's been some news in relation to space exploration, manned space exploration. I mean, it's it's exciting to even be able to have this conversation, the idea that that we're actually seriously considering that there will be people going to another uh, planetary bodies, one a moon and one a planet, perhaps in my lifetime or at least the lifetime of my kids. Uh, so, so here's here's the the big news. Uh, NASA's uh, the head of NASA, the uh, director of the space agency, Jim Bridenstine, said that uh, 2035 is possible for for manned landing on Mars. I think we say human landing these days. We want we want to be sure we're inclusive. Humans landing on Mars. Uh, give, if there's enough budget, hint, hint, Congress. Uh, so uh, the the background on this is r- r- there's already a project, the Artemis project, to get people to get America back on the moon by 2024. They're very clear that it's a man and a woman will be going to the moon, and that they plan to have it sustainable, the moon a moon base by 2028, which is people living and working on the moon for long periods of time, like the space station. Uh, so what what do you let's talk about that first? So what do you think about that? Is is you know, are you excited about going back to the moon? And what do you think is the re- real is whether it's realistic or not that will be there in 2024 and be sustainable by 2028? That's less than a decade away. What do you think, Father Andrew? Why don't you start? Um, well, I think it's a, a fascinating idea. I think it's it's obviously possible because it's happened before. Uh, whether or not we'll be sustainable by 2028, I, of course, have absolutely no idea um, how any of that works. I've uh, it. I mean, it reminds me of the the book The Martian or the movie The Martian. If you've seen that, I mean, and just the the amount of things that are necessary to create any sort of sustainability either on the moon or or on Mars, is just mind-boggling. Um, so I'm excited that, that this is definitely something that we can talk about. I, I, I don't know if I want to be involved in, in <laughs> you know, going to the moon uh, without it being established for, you know, millennia. But uh, it's, it's definitely an awesome thing to be, a, to be a part of and to see happen. How about you, Pat? Oh, this sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think I'll be anywhere near the 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 front of the line as far as getting on the the um, <laughs> the people that going to the moon or to the Mars. I think it's exciting. 
I think 2028 sounds awfully optimistic, but maybe they're trying to just really generate enthusiasm at this point. Yeah, I, I think back to, you know, when when Kennedy said, you know, by the end of this decade, we'll be we'll be on the moon. And I wonder if people felt as, you know, somewhat hesitant. I hate to I hate to say pessimistic, but maybe even pessimistic about such an aggressive timetable. And yet we did it. And 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 from there, we were essentially going from scratch. We, there was no, you know, we we circled the Earth a few times in Gemini and in uh, uh, the um, uh, Mercury program. But to get to the moon with Apollo, that that was uh, like almost all of that was from scratch. So to get back there, I mean, we have so much of the infrastructure already. It, it seems possible. I mean, it, it certainly I, I think it's doable. If we have the will, and by with a will, I mean political will and and money resources, I think that's a big mm-hmm. a big element of it. Uh, so another part of the story is that SpaceX has announced that they they plan to build a city on Mars and a base on the Moon at the same time, with the goal to have the first city city on Mars in 2050. So in 40 years, essentially. They want to have a city established on Mars, and then the goal is once they have a city on Mars, they'll they'll build propellant depots, harvesting oxygen, liquid oxygen, liquid uh, the nitrogen, and the other fuels that they need to create more fuel, and then establish a planet hopping network that explores the solar system. And they they plan to do this uh, using you know if, as a first step with this new uh, spaceship they call Starship that they're building. And to to start all that off, they plan to they plan to beat NASA. <laughs> They're going to uh, take a trip around the moon in 2023. This is a very clearly, uh, I think, a goal of that. They're not going to land on the moon, but they'll circle it. Uh, did do you think from a commercial enterprise? Do you think so? Which is let me put it this way: which is more likely to happen, the NASA's plans or SpaceX's plans? What do you think about that? A government agency, a, co- a commercial company. I think I think commercial would probably be more likely to make it, but just because I know government bureaucracy and politics get so involved yeah. when it's a matter of of economics and uh, shareholders, that's a little easier to move that group than it is uh, moving a government. So yeah, I yeah. think it's very possible. You know, the the trip around the moon sounds very doable as far as you know planting a uh, a city by twenty fifty. Again. I won't be here to see it, but I sure sure my grandkids will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, uh, that's very exciting for them. What about you, Father Andrew? Um, well, I totally think that the moon uh, route is is definitely feasible. But I want to talk about the the whole Mars city idea mm. because I think that that raises some very interesting questions and um, opportunities, as specifically in the Catholic world. Yes, because. People living on Mars would still need access to the sacraments. They would need um, priests. They would need bishops. So, I mean, it's just kind of a, a fun thought experiment at this point. But the the Vatican would have to would have to make a new diocese that would include the entire planet of Mars or the the colony or the settlement. But then you have just the whole issue of uh, you know ordaining bishops for them. And then sending them off, and and how long is communication going to be back and forth? What if right. 
you know, what if heresies arise on Mars and how long does it take them to communicate any of that back to back to Earth and to clarify with the Vatican, with the Pope? It wouldn't be a lot different from back in the days when we had ships sailing across the ocean. Yep. And that's exactly what I was going to say is that it's 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 analogous to that sort of whole thought ex- or that whole reality that happened. Um, but it's just kind of very interesting to to kind of think about and and a city on Mars. So very interesting. The moon is apparently under the jurisdiction of the Diocese of Orlando. Because oh, okay. right. w- uh, the question came up w- during the Apollo missions and because the astronauts were it was established uh back in the days of exploration that the initial responsibility was the bishop from whose diocese the mission like like uh Mar- like um not Marco Polo like uh, Christopher Columbus launched so they would have the uh, initial authority and so because Apollo missions launched from Cape Canaveral which was in the diocese of Orlando so it was established in canon law that he has initial authority over the moon. Now, if there's a permanent population that shows that ends up there, that's when the Pope, you know, often you know, there are, there starts off as missionary diocese and then become permanent diocese at some point. It's a good question, you know. They'll they and and given that will will these Martian cities be colonies? Will they be part of the United States even? Will they be in? Indep- will they be an independent state run by a corporation? Under what principles? I think there's some. Uh, there are a lot of questions. And what if Elon Musk, whose vision it is, is to establish these cities, doesn't like religion and bans it as a bad influence on his? Uh, there's a very interesting. Uh, some science fiction novels that could be written in this, but there's also some interesting questions here. Do you think it's a sensible use of our resources? This going to these other planets because elon musk has has vocally said the goal of this is uh so that if something happens to earth all of humanity is not wiped out he has a very materialist viewpoint um he doesn't necessarily believe in, from what from what i understand i don't know exactly what he believes but based on things he said it it seems that he doesn't necessarily believe in the providence of god or in um an afterlife because he he has a sort of materialistic view of things do you think this is a sensible use of resources? Does this have benefit to all of humanity? What do you think? Well, if you look at the previous space missions, I know uh, my husband worked at the Texas Rehabilitation Commission, and there were so many offshoots out of the space program that were helping the disabled and and you know just just the common man, the things that they learned in doing it. So, yes, I think this is a reasonable use of resources. I mean, I think it's one of the things that we should, as a world, look at a a good thing to do. Okay. Father Andrew, what do you think? On that same line, it, it actually, it, it almost sort of is a way to unite humanity in a common goal. Yes. Uh, which, could, which could be a very uh, good thing for, for the, the worldwide community. Um, I would, I would just be scared. And, uh, if there's offshoot programs, that's, that's absolutely essential and necessary because if we're going to put all this money into exploring Mars and neglecting our own people, that's, that's a big issue for me because right. I, you know, we encounter just poverty on earth and, and so I, I think both are, both need to be addressed. I, I don't oh, think yes, it's not, not one at the expense of the other. Right, but, right, yes. right, right. Because I think just even just exploring space is 
that just, I mean, God created us with minds and the ability to understand and the ability to create and design and to, to do these wonderful things with science and technology. And I think, yeah. you know, it's, it reveals God as creator and designer of all of this when we use our gifts in such a way that we can do these seemingly impossible things with the limited resources that Earth has. So it's definitely a, a good thing to, to pursue. Uh, we just have to, yeah, not pursue it at the expense of, mm. you know, not seeing the people right in front of us either. I think God has given us that curiosity as well, that desire to go out and see see his creation, see what he has made to, 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 you know, like even in the book of Genesis, to take dominion over it, you know, to, in that mm -hmm. sense, not to lord ourselves over it, but to, to be stewards of this creation. And, and that Caretakers, includes, yeah. and that includes going there. Um, and who knows what kinds of, you know, maybe we could stop mining the earth for certain things because it would be cheaper and, or just better to, to mine asteroids or the moon or Mars for it and bring that stuff back. Uh, you know, that, 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 that's a certainly a possibility. Uh, and then, then we're no longer, you know, ruining our own environment in order to do that. That would be, it would be very interesting to see where that goes. So not, none of this is going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> so it'll be it just, but it's interesting to look at, to think about, and you have to ask these questions early on about the ethics and morality and, because that way you you're prepared for it when it happens. So good. So we'll we'll I'm sure we'll have, be having more conversations about space exploration because uh, I love it. So <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about our second segment. Um, I've titled this. What does Apple have up its sleeve? Uh, there are reports coming out that next year uh, Apple has not only has a revolutionary. It's always revolutionary. A revolutionary new phone, uh, but but a but a new phone with a new design that. That uh, the the uh, the iPhone 10 design that we've had for like three years now uh, that they've got another new design coming, but it will be 5G and have some uh, you know a uh, uh, a beefier processor, always a beefier processor, uh, but a rear facing 3D camera that would be new with like so um, that could not just take a picture but know the shape of things in space. That would be very interesting. So there's talk of that. That's going to be the big phone next year. But the other thing that could be the re real revolutionary product, the new, the, the next big thing uh, following on the iPhone itself, which came out in 2007, is augmented reality glasses. Uh, there's talk that they could launch uh, their first generation model as soon as next year with holographic displays inside the lenses and the glasses would be like an accessory to your phone. It would show texts and emails and maps and games or whatever over your field of view so that you would see the world around you, but then you'd have all this data in front of you. Um, and then eventually that maybe getting to a point where you don't need the phone and the glasses alone would be enough to replace your phone. So what do you think of all this? Do, do you want... AR glasses? Uh, do you do you want to you know have this in front of your eyes? What do you think? For myself, no, not right <laughs> now. Um, you're talking about distracted driving being a problem and distracted walking already being a problem with the phone. Oh, this just opens up a lot of safety issues for me, right. and I can see having AR glasses for a specific purpose, like 
exploring something that you're not there, but you want to explore the 3D dimension of some place that you're, you know, want to go visit or historical things or science things, but not glasses that you would wear all the time or that you would wear as you would use your phone all day. That That is kind of worrisome to me. What about you, Father Andrew? What do you think? Yeah. I would I would agree with that. I I definitely would love to try them out as long as they were used only in certain situations. Um, you know, I think it would it might actually help the whole walking with your with your eyes buried in your phone and running into a tree or something. You might actually see where you're going if you have this these glasses in front of you as you're walking. But yeah, if you have it on all the time and you're seeing text message notifications or you have whatever going on in the in the AR realm, you're not going to see anything in front of you. It's just the the reality of it. So on on certain things I think it would be awesome to see. If you were I I love to travel. So if I was in a, you know, a new city and I would able to kind of put on these glasses and just kind of see down the street like, oh, there's a museum down there, or there's a coffee shop or, you know, that sort of thing I think would be would be really cool or for for gaming. I think I've mentioned I, I play Pokemon Go. And so it'd be really fun to kind of see that rather than looking down at my phone and through the camera on the phone to see mm-hmm. that in kind of a more three dimensional, realistic way would be fun. I don't see it replacing a phone, though. I yeah. just I I can't imagine me wearing glasses all the time as a as a replacement for a phone that I can put in my pocket and just put away even if I want to. It's, I, I don't know. They're going to have to come up with a different idea, I think, for me to, to buy into that. Well, it's like the watch to me is a complement to the phone. Mm-hmm. The glasses would be a complement to it. They don't replace it. I can't right. see myself depending upon it all the time, you know, the watch or the, the glasses. Well, that, the the key is so there are a couple of issues with that. Like, because I, when I bought an Apple Watch, it's like, oh, do I want the cellular or do I want to get the? I'm going to have my phone with me. I don't want the, the extra ten dollars a month. I don't need the cellular. I'm not going to make calls on my watch. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but the interface, like that's a that's an important. Like, how would you interface with this with a phoneless AR glasses of the the ones that don't have the? Well, I'm sorry, Siri is good. Excuse me, I think I just said everything off. Uh, the the uh, the uh, AI is going to have to get a whole lot better, a lot better, uh, as in it's not usable right now. Before it before it becomes even even a contemplate it, they're just so far behind with the voice interface. So unless you get a, you can figure that out, I think with the driving, what they will probably do is what they do now. They'll have like we have do not disturb while driving. They will have a driving mode. It will detect when you're in your car. And it will go and it will only show you, say, uh, your directions on the like on the glasses, like it'll show like a map and arrows and speed or something like that, like a like a ways or, you know, Apple Maps sort of display AR display in your in your field of vision. And that would be I'm going to guess that's what they do. But I think like for things like. At dinner tables, how do you know the people you're sitting at dinner with are actually paying attention to you? Or in classes, or in mass, or you know, uh, you know, just even even in meetings at work, you know, how are you like when everyone's got these augmented reality glasses? I've seen the dystopian science fiction, you know, you know, what about ads? Every like it's it'll be great when it shows you the coffee shop and the rating and the menu or whatever. What about when you like you're walking down the street and it's like Minority Report and there are ads everywhere trying to get your attention? 
you know, virtual ads. Uh, I think Apple would probably do a good job of keeping some of that out. That's what they tend to do now, uh, as long as the same people are running things. Maybe, you know, Apple can always change leadership. Uh, but, you know, Facebook, Amazon, and Google, we already know Google had glasses. They're, they're all working on AR glasses. Can you imagine what Facebook glasses would be like? Oh, <laughs> oh no. my gosh. That <laughs> would be oh, horrible. And the other... <laughs> And the other thing that bothers me is that means there's that many more people talking out loud in areas yep. and other people overhearing them. And it's like, it, you know, how do you, you screen these things out when you're typing and texting? Nobody else sees that. Right. But all of these AI things are the, the glasses type things depend upon spoken commands in yep. order to accomplish yep. them. Unless there's some other mechanism for input than I haven't heard of before. I've seen like they've got the uh, the again the science fiction thing where they have a sleeve of some sort that you type on with a display on it or something. I mean that could possibly be, but yeah, I can't imagine like walking down the street and everybody's talking to their AI, you know their their yeah. uh, their uh, intelligent assistant, uh, or in the subway, which is already so loud. I could you imagine trying to use uh the the Shlomo or the Google or the Echo in the subway? How with how loud and echoey it is, you know, and everybody's trying to do it. I just can't imagine. These are some immense hurdles. So, so those are the negatives. What what benefits could you see? We've kind of touched on a couple of them. What would be the 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 benefits for people to have AR glasses? What kind of things would you would you think would be good? Training, oh. how to do something, kind of like an extension of YouTube. You know, yeah. you see a YouTube video, but with AR glasses, you can, I've got a little app on my phone that's called Jig, that basically you can take an object and place it on the desk, on your couch or desktop or floor, and you can rotate it around and see it and pick it up and move it, that type of thing. Well, imagine if you're, you could use AR glasses to learn how to make a pot or how to assemble something or how to fix mm, something. Right. That would be a really great use. Well, and and maybe I could learn to scuba dive this way <laughs> and not get wet. <laughs> glub, glub, glub. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've like tried to fix, say, like my dishwasher and try to make sense of what I'm seeing on the on the YouTube video with what is sitting in front of me disassembled from my my dishwasher. Yeah, that would be that would be really great. What about you, Father Andrew? Well, um, I I think just anything that we even currently have in AR would be would be benefited from from glasses. So obviously, like I mentioned earlier, the the traveling, the discovery, those sorts of things. But even I've played with uh, like the the IKEA app on your the 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 smartphone and and even placing furniture in a room or something. Oh, yeah. You could you could have a That'd more visual sense uh, and physical sense of of the area rather than using your phone as kind of that that conduit. Um, you know, or, uh, uh, there's just finding things you could, you could, the AR capabilities would be able to, you know, if you've trying to remember where you park your car or, you know, or a trying to recognize in the sky, a big arrow. <laughs> cool. right. Yeah. Over here, idiot. I'm over here. Oh yeah. That's where I put it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I could use that. <laughs> you know, so they, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say that that's, I just, I, I'm sure there's plenty of other ways yeah. that it would be, be beneficial, but those are what come to mind initially, at least. If the oh, resolution cooking demonstrations, you yeah. know, Alton Brown and oh, using yeah. AR, wouldn't that be cool? 
Stand in the kitchen yeah. next to him. He had his elbow. Yeah. 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 I, I was thinking like someone could create a virtual or or an AR museum if the resolution were high enough where, you know, you get the glasses on and you're on their blank walls, but it's in AR. You could have the world's greatest art on the walls Sis. around you. You know? Sistine Chapel. Sistine Chapel. The oh, Mona Lisa. We can get some Paris. Catholics behind this. <laughs> well, I, I mean, did in, um, I know this isn't AR, but uh, it would have been about a year and a half ago. I was in Washington, Washington D.C. and was able to do a VR experience of the, the Church of the Holy Sepulcher mm. in Jerusalem. So, yeah, cool. yeah, to try to take that and, and put it into an AR sort of format would also be, would also be pretty cool. You know, my, my 13 year old, she loves to get on Google Earth or Google Maps and, you know, Street View and just travel around places, whether it's around our town or other places. Could you imagine if she could do that in, in I mean, she could do it in virtual reality, but it's kind of herky jerky now, but it, like a holodeck style where you are in the place and you feel like you're there and you're actually traveling through it. You know, that would be amazing to go to travel the world without leaving your home. I mean, that's the promise we've always had with you know, virtual reality, uh, and maybe AR and VR are going to get there. If not in my lifetime, maybe theirs. Uh, why do the kids always get the good stuff? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> we're making it for them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah, I hope they're grateful. But I, but I have to. I have to throw out there. Nothing compares with doing these things for real. Exactly. You're right. You're right. You could. You could virtu- You could travel virtually to Rome. But mm-hmm. walking those cobblestone streets, smelling the smells of the food. Eating the, gelato. Eating gelato, yeah. And you, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the pigeons flying at you, the smell of the diesel. <laughs> yep. But I'm thinking of, of people that I know that are not just homebound, but bedbound. Yep. And haven't been able to travel and with except by somebody getting them in a wheelchair and trying to get a van that's accessible to just get somewhere. And then they're very restricted when they're trying to see things. This would be such an exciting thing for them. Or uh, mm-hmm. attending the, the Pope's midnight mass on Christmas Eve or oh. being in the church of the Holy, Holy Sepulchre for the lighting of the, of the Easter fire that oh, Orthodox, that, the, uh-huh. that's a, that's yeah. an amazing thing. If you ever see pictures of that, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that would be, like you're right, it would be awesome to go there, but it was almost impossible it, for anyone for for as many people want to to go see these specific things, and that's that's the promise. So there are definitely some drawbacks, uh, but there's also definitely benefits, and we, we got to weigh those as as this all comes about. Hopefully, we'll get more of the good, uh, but nothing is ever just one thing or the other. So excellent yep. so that's uh very interesting so let's talk about i get some headlines here so we'll run through those r- a little quicker uh than than we would do with other things and so the first couple have to do with uh, both echo and google assistant uh, the first bit is there is a there there is a hack of both the google assistant and Am- uh amazon's echo i i, I forget to <laughs> i forget to turn off the echo that's in my office so i can't say her name otherwise she's going to wake up and become a, a hassle so uh here's a quote from the article it says white hat hackers at germany's security research labs developed four apps called smart spies for each device that passed muster with amazon and google's respective vetting processes meaning they were proof for public use so the basic thing is they were disguised as like a like a horoscope app or or something else the benign, relatively benign uh, but even after you said to, you told it to stop recording, don't record what I say or, or, or something like that, um, it would give you a message. Oh yes, I've stopped. 
but they would keep recording. And 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 these got through the vetting process, which which is the point being it, it's not that these devices allow things to record your voice, that's what they're for. It's that both Amazon and Google have apparently failed to put in place a vetting process to catch nefarious apps like this, which given people's concerns about devices surreptitiously recording them in their home, that's the, you, that's a huge failure. Oh, it's yeah, I agree. And, you know, all of the, the people that you say, well, I just said such and such and now I'm seeing an ad for it. You know, right. This would be something that would follow on right like that. Now, luckily, these were white hat hackers, not people who were doing it maliciously. And right. And uh, but but it shows that it's possible. And we don't know if there are some out there that may right. be doing this. The black hat hackers don't announce that they've been able to do it. <laughs> no. And, and that's one of the things you maybe assume that, you know, if. If the if the white hat guys have done it, maybe the bad guys have done it too. Which is one of the reasons why I have very few, uh, like on Echo, it's called skills. I I install almost no third party skills on it. I just don't really need them. Um, and maybe this is a good reason not to do so, uh, and just stay as vanilla as you can. Uh, do you guys have any third party skills on uh, devices, uh, smart home devices like that? No. No, the closest I have is our. Air conditioning system has a has a subset of the A lady that uh, you can tell it to turn on the the fan or increase oh. the temperature or decrease. But those are all built into it, and right. uh, they tell you how to access them. But nothing okay. I've created myself. And I don't have uh, <laughs> either Amazon or Google's. I actually have a Microsoft Cortana uh, oh. with the Invoke, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I got it more because. She can play music, and it's Cortana, and I was a fan of that, but I don't use it beyond <laughs> that at all. Right. So, so yeah, I the 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 challenge or the 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 potential problem here is is you have people who assume that they're benign and don't look any further into it. So I'm even thinking, right. you know, some of the the elderly who have one of these devices because it's so helpful, you know, and just unknowingly download something like this that could steal information from them. And so I think maybe, yeah, a good, a good policy or is to not install as many third app, third party apps as, as you can. Right. I think the only, I have a couple, but one of them is the Jeopardy quiz app. So you could take the Jeopardy quiz every day. And I tried to do a tied one that did that just, I could never, the problem is you have to remember the exact phrase you're supposed to use. And I can never remember the exact phrase to get the high tide and low, low tide for our area, uh, but that's a, that's that's not something either of you would have, ever have a need for, I think, especially no. Father Andrew. <laughs> if tide gets this far, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the other news related to uh, uh, the Echo and the Kindle, there's apparently a vulnerability in in its uh, system software that would make it the, both the first generation Echo and the eighth generation Kindle are susceptible to the crack hack, K-R-A-C-K, that would allow someone to intercept Wi-Fi transmissions. The good news is that you should your your Echo and Kindle should have updated already and should be patched that. Uh, but and if mine was not. What's that? Mine mine did not. And it's a new Kindle I bought in like July. Oh, okay, good. And it was not updated automatically, and I tried to do it. And it was quite a feat to get it updated, quite frankly. Interesting. I almost Good. just bypassed it thinking, oh, well, sure, 
you know, it's updated. And I went and checked the 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 uh, release number, and no, it wasn't. So open the so open the the uh, I almost said it the Amazon Echoes app on your phone and go to the system information and check and have it check its uh, software there. That's how you do it with that. And then on your Kindle, you open up the the menu and you go to the system settings and check uh, this. This you have it tell it to check for updates there too. Uh, they t- they say that you should have updated automatically, although maybe not, uh, unless you've done something to disable it. So worth checking. Well, yeah, right. And mine has been on Wi-Fi. It has not, you know, it's been on pretty constantly, yeah. you know, and not not put to sleep deliberately or turned off. And so I was real surprised. Now, as I say, it's a paper white Kindle that I just bought a few months ago. Hmm. I didn't even look at the Kindle app on the phone or the iPad. I, I those no. I'm assuming updated. Yeah, well, the 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 app on your phone relies on this the operating system on the phone for this right, sort of thing. Right. This is okay. a vulnerability in the operating system on the Kindle device itself. Right, that's what I was thinking. I thought yeah. you said something about opening up your phone and, and checking there. That's why I was confused. Only for the Echo. So for your Echo device. Oh, for the Echo, right. Yeah, gotcha. I didn't want to gotcha. say the A word, but the, your Amazon A word app on your phone right. for, the, for that device. Uh, gotcha. Th- another bit of news, that the Facebook will... Um, it pledges to do to do better again. Once more, more promises. This time they they say that they're going to label false posts more clearly as part of an effort to prevent uh, 2016 from happening again. <laughs> the election interference. <laughs> uh, they're more going to more clearly label posts that are false and content created by state-run media. So, for example, Russia Today is owned by the Russian government. That sort of thing. So they're going to more clear uh, clearly label that stuff. They also uh, have removed four networks of accounts, so groups of pages from uh, that were based in Iran and Russia that they say were misleading users about who they were and were posting inflammatory political news. Um, and they're going to offer more security for, for political candidates on their pages and profiles. So sounds good. Um, it makes me a little concerned because Facebook, as I've learned, tends to wield uh their 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 hammers a little broadly uh i as we talked about this past summer they um banned one of my posts about that was a quote from saint augustine because for a violation of community standards we never could quite figure out why uh, maybe it had something to do with uh augustine saying something harsh about the sinfulness of man uh but <laughs> nevertheless um if we can cut down on the amount of garbage political stuff that gets passed around i'm all for that what do you think yeah yeah i'm i'm <laughs> clearly for that too yeah um but i also just i don't trust facebook for for news <laughs> yeah i i, I think agree. that's maybe the 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 bigger issue just go to trusted sources well and what is, what constitutes false from facebook's point of view they They've been labeling some pro-life groups as promoting false news for saying things like you talk about the uh, abortion breast cancer link or uh, talking about uh, abortion reversal uh, uh, therapy uh, for for um, when women take the uh, abortion pill. Uh, You can get you can reverse that. Oh, false news. That's that's false. Um, No, it's not Facebook. (laughs) There's actual data. This is in dispute in the public square. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I just I don't trust Facebook to do the right thing ever. <laughs> so, um, yep. all right, uh, let's move on to our third headline. This is a very interesting one. 
So the Vatican is now selling a smart rosary. Uh, that's right. It is an uh, uh, e-rosary. It, it's, a, it's an electronic device that looks like it's got a cross and a loop of 10 beads um, that pairs with the Click to Pray app. That's part of the Pope's uh, a prayer of, and evangelization initiative. That's, the app has been around a bit. But there's a now it has a rosary mode where the, you start the rosary by touching the touch-sensitive cross, and then it keeps track of the prayers on the beads for you. And as you touch each bead, uh, the the app on the phone will then show a different meditation for that mystery of the rosary. Uh, it costs one hundred twenty dollars. I one hundred twenty dollars. I go to Iron Lace Designs and buy a beautiful yes. ch- a Japanese <laughs> chainmail rosary that will last for generations. Uh, <laughs> don't buy this thing that will end up in a drawer in six months because it's no longer supported. Uh, it has, oh, and you can go to Rosary Army and get their app if you want to hear it said aloud, too. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the Rosary Army app is another one I recommend. Uh, it turns out that there's a problem with this. Uh, they, they've, they, Vatican hired some uh, bad programmers uh, because you can you can log in using a four digit pin that they will send you you say uh, i i don't want to log in with my facebook or google account uh i want to use a pin so it will it'll email you the pin but the programming interface that it uses also sends the four digit pin back to the app to the requester so all that means is so someone who who hits the api is going to get your pin like someone who you know, uh, 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 fakes your phone who, who can get in the middle and it's sent in the clear, the pin. And it also doesn't limit the number of times that you can try a password. So since four digits means 10,000 possibilities, it's pretty, even a script kitty can find a, a way to run through 10,000, the 10,000 possible passwords in no time at all. I mean, what do they, what do they get access to if they, if they do it? And not much. I mean, it's, it might encourage him to pray. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and Jesus said, you know, 70 times 70, you know, or 70,000 or whatever. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. It, it I mean it's it, it, it's possible that such a, a flaw could then be used with another flaw in a, in an application or in the phone. Right. To get and they said, you know, the you in the account itself it has an avatar, your phone number, your height, weight, gender and date of birth. Why it has those? Well, uh, it has your height, weight, and data, gender, data birth, because it can also track steps, and those the, those parameters differ based uh. on those that 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 the, the, the you know your height, weight, data birth, and gender makes your step counting differently. As my wife will tell you, uh, her watch counts much fewer steps for her than it does for me. Um, but I tell her you're taller, so I have to take more steps uh, to cover the same distance. <laughs> <laughs> so uh okay so this this is something that you can actually carry around with you it's not a, a bigger I device i guess i was seeing it as a oh no is a standalone bigger device but it's, it's small meant enough, to like be worn like beads. as a bracelet i think yes. if you're not oh. using it to pray yes yeah. it's it's like a rosary bracelet and then you take it off to pray with it yeah gotcha all right and oh, in yeah. defense of it i personally am not gonna buy one i i think it's kind of cheesy um, but I, I can't help but wonder, uh, for, for people like my brother, who's, who's mildly autistic, uh, oh. for someone like that, it, it could be, could be, I don't know if my brother would, would really use it in that, in the way that it's meant, but it could be a way to help keep track of where you're at in the rosary and, 
for someone who's perhaps uh you know in mm. a in a mentally challenged state or or you know even maybe someone who's elderly who is going to lose track of of what number they are in in a particular decade so yeah i don't i don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater but right. you know i'm personally not going to be getting one of these <laughs> uh yeah actually for someone who's easily distractible like like one of my kids that would probably be something that would be helpful for them too um yeah, it's it doesn't say exactly on the Vatican site. It doesn't say exactly how, it is, how much it is, but I think it's somewhere around a hundred. It's somewhere around one hundred twenty dollars or something like that. Um, so yeah, not crazy money for a for a, a smart device, but it, it you know it's it's aimed at a particular group of people. Um, well, at least it's not one that lets you record your sins so that you could take it into the confessional. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Yes. yes. Uh, oh, the, yeah. uh, the the article from uh, uh, Sophos's Naked Security blog, where I got this, uh, it quotes the Vatican News uh, as saying, the click to pray e-rosary targets, quote, the peripheral frontiers of the digital world where the young people dwell, end quote. And and then says parenthetically, yes, the Vatican News actually talks like this. I'm like, yeah, they do. <laughs> Hang my head in shame. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speak clearly, people. All right. Uh, so very interesting. So let's move on to our last segment, uh, our picks of the week. And Father Andrew, why don't you go first with your pick of the week? Okay. My pick of the week, um, I felt was inspired by the the topics that we talked about today. Yeah, because there is an app called Starwalk and it's uh, available for Apple, Android. I think it's available for Windows 10. Um, I think it's also on some Kindles. I, I can't remember exactly which ones, but there's Starwalk and there's Starwalk 2. Starwalk, the, the original one is a, is a free app. Um, Starwalk 2 is three bucks, or I think you can get an, you can get an ad supported version of it. But what it is is it's basically it's an augmented reality stargazing app. Mm. So it's really really fun to do, and I've had this app for years. But you can take your your phone and you just point it up at the sky, and it uses the the internal uh, gyroscope of the of the phone and everything to figure out your your latitude longitude um what the sky above you should look like and when you move your phone around it actually mirrors what the sky above you should be looking like so it'll point out constellations it'll point out planets it'll show where the where the sun is currently it's got a cool uh time thing that you can fast forward forward into time or you can go backwards in time and just kind of see what the night sky looks like um, it kind of gets into a bit of more AR in that you can actually use the, the camera of the phone and it'll overlay the, the constellations using the camera. So if you're pointing it up at the sky, you could potentially link up the stars that you're seeing through the camera with the stars mm. in the app and find constellations and planets and all sorts of, of good stuff. So it's, it's a really cool, fun app for those who are avid stargazers and want to, you know, show that to your kids or you yourselves are interested in, in those kind of things. It's, it's, it's a good one. Awesome. Yeah. Very I've good. used that myself uh, for years and had forgotten about it again. So thank you. I'll have to pull it out again. Yeah. <laughs> I've been using one called sky guide that does, I think something similar. It does do yep. the whole, I, I, what I wanted was one that that, like you said, does the uh, AR, so it overlays. It take it. You're seeing the world around you, including the trees and whatnot, mm -hmm. and then the stars, like around them, behind them, that sort of stuff. Because 
because sometimes if for the for the way it used to be, you'd have to kind of like match it up. Like, okay, that's what it's showing me in a sort of cartoon view, but I've got this stuff in front of me. So where is it? That this is much better. Yeah. So yes, I recommend it. Is it? Uh, does it cost anything? Um, Starwalk Two costs three dollars, but I think yeah. that there's an ad supported version that would be free. And then okay. there are a number of in-app purchases that you can get as well. Okay. But, and uh, you can put it on your iPad, which is even better. Yep. It's a much bigger yeah, view. Yeah, that's cool. So that that's a good idea. And the Orionids uh, meteor showers are going on this week. Ooh. So that would be a good opportunity to go outside and look at the sky. There's also a, a switch on, within the app that you can make it all in red. So oh. it'll, it's easier on your eyes if you're Preserve. outside. Yeah, so. preserve your night vision. Excellent. Good. That's a good one. Uh, Pat, what's your pick? Uh, basically, I'm still in the days of, of I like heads, uh, earbuds and headsets. And so I have, since I have an iPhone 10, I was having the con- conundrum of either using the, the uh, lightning to headphone connector uh, to charge my phone or listen to the headphones, but uh, Belkin has a product that's a little adapter. They call it a Rockstar, and basically you put it into the the uh, lightning port, and you have both a headphone adapter and can plug it in to charge it at the same time. Ooh. And that works really nice in a coffee shop when I when I would like to to uh, do both at the same time. Excellent. You can't do audio in both though, right? Like you can't put. Lightning headphones. No, you can't two audios. It's it's okay. strictly one is uh to charge with and the other is the headphone jack. Okay, okay, cool. That is good. Yeah, that uh, that is a, a a modern day problem. I was just gonna say the other thing is is I've seen some cheaper ones out there on Amazon, but I just felt because it had charging capability, I didn't want to mess around with one that wasn't Apple certified. Right. So I paid more for the for the Belkin Rockstar, but there might be some other ones that would be, still be certified and less expensive. Yeah, when it comes to power, don't mess around. Don't don't mess. I, with that people. was my thought. Yeah, yeah. To go with a, a known brand. Good. That's a good one. So uh, I have a, an app, and this is a bit more of a technical app, but one that's really been saving my bacon. Uh, it's called App Tamer from St. Clair Software. And what it does, it's sort of a technical thing. It sits in your menu bar, and will show you the percentage of your CPU that you're using, which is good in, in itself. And you click on it, and it will show a list of the processes that your CPU is using, and it will list them. So right now, Skype is using a third of my processors, my browser, um, and then the Finder and Audio Hijack, which is what I use to record the audio, et cetera, et cetera. And what you can do is you can say, you can, you can click on one of the uh, apps and you can say, whenever my, say, my browser is in the background, never let it exceed more than this percentage of the CPU. Uh, so, so, for example, I, uh, the common problem for podcasters is you're podcasting, you're using Skype, those use up a lot of resources, and suddenly your, your Mac wants to do a time machine backup, and that just <laughs> kills everything. Well, I have it set so that my backup, the, the process that does the backups, can never exceed 20% of the CPU. It's no, not allowed to go higher than that. Um, and Spotlight and, uh, you know, TweetBot and like all these different apps that I've always got running. Well, they're, they're never, they, I've set them to different settings so that it never just dr- brings everything to a grinding halt by, by something going on in the background. Uh, so it's App Tamer, A-P-P-T-A-M-E-R. Uh, and it's a great little piece of software 
And I'm trying to see what the pricing on it is. It's free for 15 days. It's $15 for a li- one license, which is uh, not bad for what it does. It, um, As they say, lowers the CPU power for the application you're using, uh, in, uh, reduces your heat and fan noise, and re- and uh, increases the amount of time if you're on a, on a MacBook, you can save some battery power as well. So check that out. Awesome. Those are some great picks and a great discussion. Uh, before we finish up, I do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Ruth M., Patrick, Eric W., Marianne K., and Mike and Angie G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology in all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What did you think of the topics we had for discussion today about space exploration and about Apple's forthcoming AR glasses and uh, the other bits that we talked about today? Let us know by commenting at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. Or you can send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you can find links from our discussion and picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com slash technology. So remember to like the episodes on social media if you can. That helps us, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, where we're at sqpn. That helps us uh, juice the algorithms and get the show out in front of more people and helps us grow the audience, which we, we greatly appreciate. Until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of technology. Until next time. (laughs) Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you as well. Absolutely, you're welcome. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Technology on StarQuest.